All right, what's up everybody? So in the early 1990s, Nick Land wrote a text called Meltdown. You've probably heard of it. Maybe some of you have read it. I believe it's the single most underrated work of social theory from that decade. This text is so dense with insights and so accurately predictive. It's so prescient that one could probably do a whole lecture on each individual sentence in that essay. So that's what I'm gonna do today. I'm going to explain and break down the first sentence of Meltdown by Nick Land. My goal is to show you that this isn't some postmodern schizoid Adderall-driven mumbo-jumbo as some people incorrectly think of it because the language is strange for sure. It's actually a real model of history, which is not only empirically defensible, but I would even say it's really quite compelling and convincing. It's actually extraordinary how prescient that essay is in terms of being vindicated by history after it was written. All right, so the very first sentence is somewhat famous. It's an internet meme in some circles, and maybe you can recite it from memory like I can. Quote, the story goes like this. Earth is captured by a techno-capital singularity as Renaissance rationalization and oceanic navigation lock into commoditization takeoff, end quote. All right, so what's he really saying? What's really going on here? Let's break it down. So first, the advent of modernity represents a nonlinear takeoff. Let's start with that. Any cursory look at economic output over time will easily corroborate this claim. For all of pre-modern history, economic growth and technological progress were really slow and linear, basically non-existent for all intents and purposes. With the Industrial Revolution, both lines suddenly go vertical if you look at them on a graph in the long sweep of history. Historians and theorists have debated this. So some people think the real cause of modernity's singularity or takeoff moment is, let's say, double entry bookkeeping as one candidate. Some people think the real driver was the arrival of Arabic numerals in Europe. Some other people have proposed other explanations. But what Nick Land is calling in this essay, quote, Renaissance rationalization and oceanic navigation and how they lock into commoditization takeoff. That's actually a valid and helpfully parsimonious summary of what actually really happened according to social science and academic history. Social scientists would call an idea like that, a, a theoretical construct like that, a stylized fact. It's not quite a simple observable, but it's not quite a theory or a law either. It's a kind of theoretical way of stating a fact. So that's how you should understand Nick Land's jargon, the, these concepts he's introducing. He is actually describing stylized facts, and then we can go look into the record and see how well they match the reality of the factual history. And so whichever cause you prefer of the many candidates for what explains modernity's takeoff, whichever one you think is most compelling, the, it doesn't really matter so much because we, what we do know is that it did take off at a certain time. And probably the real underlying story is that it's probably multiple causes and they're probably feeding back into each other. There's probably a few drivers and they're probably amplifying or multiplying each other. That's probably the only plausible way that you can get this kind of remarkable, sudden, extreme change of state. So probably all of those candidate explanations have some validity and legitimacy to them. So what Nick Land is actually doing is summarizing and compressing 
these multiple candidates because ultimately you don't need to know which exactly is the driver. It's an interesting question for sure. If you're a social scientist, it's worth trying to get to the bottom of, but he's basically condensing and compressing in a way that is actually historically accurate. Because if you look at the work of a historian named Alfred Crosby, for instance, who published a very interesting book in 1998, it's called The Measure of Reality, Quantification in Western Europe, 1250 to 1600. That book shows how a quote unquote, what he calls quantitative mentality arrives precisely during the Renaissance. And according to Crosby, he believes that quantification and visualization are two specifically the two variables that enter into a positive feedback loop during the Renaissance. And it's well known that perspective painting, for instance, is an invention or a discovery that arrives during the Renaissance. That's the ability to actually create that depth of field effect. Lacan writes about it actually. But why does vision matter? So Crosby believes that vision imposes on all of the other senses, the distinguishing characteristic of, it's like vision is, it, it's something like it's consistency with quantitative measurement. Of all the senses, vision is most amenable to being standardized by quantitative measurement and because you can produce uniform and manipulable quanta is how he puts it. Now, when you visualize ideas on paper, for instance, or you record events on paper, or you record music on paper, you can then do things with them. You can move them around and rearrange them. All right, so rearranging historical facts on paper is it's almost like a form of time travel in a way because you're pausing time and then you're able to rearrange it or in a way reverse it in your mind at least, okay? So Crosby's emphasis on vision is particularly interesting. The fact that he emphasizes that in his analysis of the mentality change towards quantification in, during the Renaissance is resonant with Land's later claim in Meltdown actually where he says that the human security system is quote, predominantly vision configured. Okay, that's something he'll say later on. And so I think there's some real historical depth to what Land is trying to describe here. And I think there's a lot of avenues for future research if you want to go and tell this story with greater sophistication. There are at least, I would say, three examples of Renaissance rationalization that in fact had a positive feedback effect on oceanic navigation, to use land, land's parlance. So here are some concrete historical data points that corroborate the claim that land is asserting in this opening sentence of Meltdown. First would be the practical astrolabe, the navigation device for ships learning how to navigate the seas. The astrolabe had been around for a little while, but it only became functional and practical around the year 1400. But also number two would be accurate cartography. Of course, maps have been around for a long time. Production quality maps, if you will, that ships could actually take out and navigate continents with. That kind of accurate practical cartography, probably you make the argument, a lot of historians make the argument, and this is what Crosby says, that probably it's with Ptolemy's text, the Geographia, and that was in 1400, is arguably the best place, the best way to date the arrival of really practical geography, essentially, or cart cartography that really enabled oceanic navigation. And then finally, of course, the famous joint stock company, which was a kind of revolution in financial accounting, which significantly increased the, the, just the leverage and the efficiency of various operations, making it possible for multiple investors to align interests with navigators. And that, that was in 1553, okay? So those are just three key data points that are well known in the historical literature. And those all happened in the Renaissance period, you know, 
within about 100 years, those three that I just listed, roughly. And those are examples of oceanic navigation advances that made money and that funding made more rationalization, which made oceanic navigation more profitable and so on. So basically computational rationalization plus financial rationalization made oceanic navigation an early form of distributed, loosely organized, human-in-the-loop artificial intelligence, really. The Earth is captured by abstract value optimization. It locks in a swarm of financiers, seamen, and commodity traders. In other words, commoditization takeoff. Okay, that's all for now. That's just the first sentence. There's so much more you could say about this amazing essay. Don't sleep on Nick Land, all right? He's still very underrated. 